You are listening to the Tech Chef Podcast, episode number 24, October 20th, 2020. This show is produced in partnership with Hospitality Technology and Restaurant Technology Network. Smarter hotels, smarter restaurants. Hey everyone, this is Ryan Prashad, Global Operations Manager at GetSwift, and you are listening to Skip on the Tech Chef Podcast. Off-premise strategy, business continuity, how about a taste test of restaurant technology, drive-thru or curbside, mobile apps or AI, it's all on the menu, cook it up for the day, it's a recipe for success. You're in good hands with a tech chef. Make a plan to be your best. Strategize with the tech chef. Well, welcome back, everybody. This is your host, Skip Kimple, otherwise known as Whiskey 4 Alpha Juliet Kilo, and this is the Tango Charlie Papa. Ooh, exposing a little bit about myself there and throwing in a little puzzle at the same time. Here's the take. First person that can figure out what the heck I'm talking about there, email me or post something on social media and I will reward you with an Amazon gift card. See all the good things that can happen from downloading and listening to this show? You never know what I'm going to throw at you from week to week. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a beat. And by the way, you can additionally find us now on Amazon Music. Just say, Alexa, play the latest episode of the Tech Chef podcast. Getting the Tech Chef from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. How cool is that? Well, I hope you had a good week since the last time we spoke. Did you get a chance to listen to the last two episodes where I recap the Restaurant Next conference? If not, go back and take a listen. And if you still want access to the actual conference material, reach out to me or Angela Diffley at the RTN and she will get you all hooked up. Today, we are starting off our new mini-series on native delivery. This seems to be one of the newest trending topics in our industry, and I am very excited to have some pretty awesome guests to talk about this subject. First in the series is Ryan Prashad, Global Operations Lead for GitSwift, which is a software company who is a global leader in the logistics last-mile delivery sector, currently used by hundreds of clients in over 70 countries to deliver better and faster. For about the last decade, Ryan has worked with a number of companies from startups to public companies to accelerate growth through strategic partnerships, operational efficiency, and product strategy. We are going to talk about the benefits and complications of native delivery as well as RTN's TCO calculator to help figure out the profitability between native delivery, third-party delivery, and delivery as a service. This can be a complicated puzzle to try to put together, and you will learn how this tool will simplify that process. Thanks for having me on, Skip. Always a pleasure. Um, I know we've, we've worked together a lot over these uh, last uh, couple months, and it, it's, been, uh, it's been really awesome. Um, so I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, a little bit about GetSwift um, in particular, and I guess my background, um, maybe to give some insight. Um, I actually spent many years in the advertising space, um, you know, trying to figure out how to really better help retailers um, sort of spread their message, bring more awareness to their products. Um, and I've always been interested in the retail space, um, brick and mortar um, and logistics, which kind of brought me 
to um, get swift, right? To kind of really get in the weeds on on helping those types of organizations, essentially with digital transformation. Um, and I think today we are seeing a huge amount of that in the restaurant space. Um, I think the precursor that we've seen is things like in hospitality, things like the hotel industry, right? Um, you know, I actually, you know, I was talking to a, um, a food executive uh, a couple of days ago, um, who was talking about, you know, their shift in, um, you know, regaining customers, regaining loyalty, um, by opening their own programs. And I think that speaks to the broader restaurant space itself, um, in terms of taking back control, um, you know, building your own programs, building your own customer success journey, owning your data. Um, owning your processes and experience. And I think that's how we sort of transition into GetSwift. Um, you know, we've really been working hand in hand with restaurant um, operators over a bit of time now, um, unfortunately, especially given the pandemic and, and what's that sort of doing to the space um, to really take control and, and, and give that digital transformation, give that technology, give that power back to them in order to um, expand the neighborhood, I like to say, right? So being able to run your own delivery operation um, and all the benefits that come with that. So let's get something clear here right now, just because everybody wants to know, what's the proper name for it? Native delivery, first-party delivery, self-delivery. <laughs> what's the right name to call uh, this thing? I've I've heard a lot. I guess technically Third-party delivery is a pretty concrete term. So technically, you could call it first-party delivery. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of off-premise leaders are calling it native delivery. So <laughs> I'm not sure, actually. I, uh, I typically get, uh, I typically um, understand what anyone's talking about, no matter what they call it. Well, it is such a trending topic right now. It's pretty amazing to see everywhere we, we go, um, people are talking about native delivery and possibly looking at doing that for their restaurants. And I think a lot of it has to do with trying to offset costs uh, that are being incurred with third-party delivery. So let's talk about some of the advantages of native delivery versus third-party delivery, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think I think the one thing I'd like to precursor, um, you know, with Skip is that I, I think, I you know, I think even as a person who obviously is is uh, very much in the forefront of native delivery. I understand, you know, the need for third party, right? I think what everyone needs to understand is to your point, you know, what are the, you know, really understand what are the, the benefits? Um, and I don't want to say cons, but you know, what are the benefits to both? What are the differences and, and how do you properly use, you know, uh, what's good about, you know, those different uh, models. Um, I think when we look at native delivery, there's a couple things that come to mind. So I think one is let's, I guess let's maybe talk a little bit about the intrinsic value yet and first, and then how that sort of goes to raw empirical data. Um, I think on the intrinsic side, there's a lot of things, right? So one is owning that customer journey, owning that relationship with your customer end to end, right? So in a, in a perfect world, um, you have customers who are so loyal that they visit your website, they visit your, your apps, to place an order where you've now brought them into your world, you're understanding them better, you're collecting data that's useful. That order is obviously passed through the POS, into the KDS, all that sort of good stuff, and then comes out into 
um, you know, a, D- a DMP or DMS, you know, lots of different names for what gets with this delivery management service, delivery management platform. Um, and again, um, you know, owning that process comes out to a system like GetSwift, many of great other platforms like us out there as well. Um, we take that order, we produce a tracking link that's typically branded for a customer, goes out to the customer. Again, right, you're having engagement, you're having communication, you're having relationship. That is sort of a really intangible piece that I think goes a very long way. Um, I think secondarily to that, you have sort of the human piece of, you know, I love, you know, as a kid, when I was really tiny, I loved Domino's. My mom, dad would order me Domino's. You know, I wait for the blue car, you know, the, the guy or the girl in the blue polo shirt, you know, with that specific box, right? So I think there's something about the intrinsic value of that feeling as well that I think, you know, I, I don't know, I, I think some people overthink, but I think is really important. Um, and, and I think all those things then translate down the line into real unit economics, right? So, um, you know, I, Skip, we worked on this with broader group with broader groups, um, you know, RTN comes to mind specifically in, in what we've done with the native delivery workshop. But there is definitely, even though on, you know, maybe something like third party, you may get higher basket sizes and things like that. There is definitely beneficial savings on margin by doing native delivery. Um, it's, it's pretty much inherent. Um, by bringing this in-house, by owning your own technology stack, you are making more money, right? Um, and so I think between the intrinsic value and the empirical data there, it, I think it's a very good option. I, I think as a blend with other models as well, and you know, Skip, we've talked about this, things like delivery as a service, going out to a local courier, partnering with them, things like that. Um, I think there is room for a blend of all these models, but I think the restaurant operators really, really need to hone in on, um, you know, figuring out how to do this themselves um, and expand that neighborhood. Well, you brought up delivery as a service. So let's talk about that for a second. It's almost a hybrid scenario between third party delivery and first party delivery, we'll call it for now. I think that for those listeners that do not or are not familiar with delivery as a service, basically you are creating a website. Uh, it, it is your own online shopping experience. It is something your company constructed or you've contracted with a online ordering platform partner. At the end of the transaction, you have the option for delivery or the guest has the option for delivery right through your own website. And what it does is it contracts out with a partner that you've previously put an arrangement together with to do that last mile delivery for you. And they basically have a set fee. You're not paying this percentage fee that you're normally used to paying for uh, third-party delivery. However, the, the piece that's really missing between delivery as a service and native delivery is the fact that you you are losing that that brand piece when it's delivered to the door. It's delivered by ends up getting delivered by like a DoorDash driver or a Postmates driver, but it is not your driver. You were talking about that Domino's delivery person. You know, in addition to having that comfort factor, the restaurant with native delivery or first party delivery has the uh, ability to make sure that their food quality is top notch to what their brand expects it to be, to make sure the food is hot. And it really comes down to brand reputation at that point. But I think both models, what's important to talk about is 
the owning of the data and the process. And both in delivery as a service and native delivery, that is a key element and a, a, a big factor you need to take into consideration when you're looking at either of these two models. I tend to agree, Skip. I think, I think what's really important is to go further down the line of, of sort of empirical data. I think those things become really important um, when you start to look at from a maybe not from the consumer standpoint, I think one is the consumer standpoint, right? When you have native delivery, you have a lot of control, right? You know, you've seen a lot of restaurant operators have to take legal action for some marketplace, putting their food out there, inflating their prices, ruining the relationship with their customer, right? Now, that is not to say that it's not a backlash against the marketplaces, but I think that specific practice, maybe not so nice. I think that's really important because you have to think long term, I think, um, which is really hard at the moment, you know, given what's going on around us, you know, global supply chains are hurting, you know, folks are not going out. But if you can take a second and a breather to look out, you say, all right, if I can own this customer and let me think about them as a lifetime customer, that makes me view my business a little bit differently. So. In digital, you know, all us young tech guys, we use uh, this term customer lifetime value, right? So, you know, what is, what is that for this customer? How does this infrastructure, this process influence that, right? And how can I increase that over time by having access to this valuable data, right? So I know that skip orders from Ryan's Pizzeria every Wednesday at four, right? no matter what. And he missed last Wednesday. So can I send him an email reminder? What can I do? Right. Or for example, I know that every other order from Ryan's um, cheesesteak shop, skip orders a milkshake, right? Can I understand that and now recommend him that milkshake in order to increase my basket size? Right. And so that's, a little bit off topic from native delivery, but I think um, with that in mind, there is valuable data in terms of looking at, you know, what I like to call almost like the super customer, right? They're just as happy getting this food delivered to them as they are um, going into the restaurant, which I think is a very important thing to look at right now. So, if if someone right now is going to order for me twice and not two times a week, um, you know, for delivery, that's great, right? You know, maybe they used to come in one time a week. They used to order one night a week if they had a hankering. I think those are the things that are, are really, really interesting that we need to look at. And, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot. So let's talk a little bit about a restaurant or an operator that is looking at native delivery. I, I've been through this process a couple of times with the last two restaurant groups I've worked for, it is not an easy process. There's so many things to take into consideration from vehicles to routing to dispatching to insurance. I mean, from a cost factor and, and a, a process perspective, it's it's pretty scary when you start to look at it and you start to try to make these, these calculations. So the Restaurant Technology Network created this work group called the Native Delivery Work Group and put some great minds together, such as yourself. And 
we began to talk about how do we make this easier for a restaurant to figure out. And we came with, with the idea of let's make a calculator. Let's figure out what all these variables are and let's try to figure out a way to make it easy for the restaurants. Do you want to talk a little bit about this whole process we've gone through with the RTN? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so we did a lot of work, a lot of great minds came together. Um, that's going to be coming out soon, I believe, Skip. Um, so I, I won't mention anybody specifically because I want to give credit to everybody. So um, please do keep an eye out. I'm sure, Skip, you'll probably share it to listeners um, whenever that comes out. But um, the goal there was a few things. So one is <clears throat> there is, uh, as I mentioned, and I think, you know, certain restaurant operations leaders like Skip and a few, um, you know, they understand or their understanding is that things like third-party delivery and marketplaces will not go away. Um, you know, there will, it's maybe a starting point for a lot of restaurant operators. Um, and then as Skip mentioned, you know, maybe transitioning into something like delivery as a service to recapture some margin with possibly, and, and right, it might not be for everyone, but hopefully maybe transitioning to native delivery. Um, so with those three in mind, what we, what we did was um, we sort of compared them in a sense, um, not in a way to say one is better than others, but there's inherent um, benefits, you know, pros and cons, I guess, to each of them. And so we tried to highlight those, right? And so you know, analyzing, you know, third-party delivery um, against delivery as a service and native delivery, keeping in mind, you know, their unique commission rate um, to that model, right? And obviously for them producing, delivering that order, marketing, right? You know, that's that's the way that model works. Um, looking at delivery as a service compared to third-party and native delivery, um, looking at things like that, you know, either like a fixed rate, if you can partner with like a local courier, or you can ship it out, you know, to them, you know, some sort of uh, more national courier service, um, you know, what that looks like unique to that service, because that service is you're producing that order. And then you're looking at a way to kind of just outsource the logistics as compared to third party end to end. And then native um, compared to the other two, really looking at cost, right? I mean, there's a lot of benefit there. Um, but, you know, the the biggest um, I would say almost risk and the the biggest barrier to entry really is cost factors in terms of, you know, us humans, right? Um, the cost of um, employees, the cost of protecting them and yourself um, in terms of things like liability. Um, you know, so that was a, a unique starting point for us in comparing that. And then we kind of dove in as a, as a part two specifically into native delivery, because there's so many factors that go into that. Right. Um, of course you have the POS, which is central to anything in a restaurant. Um, you probably need online ordering in order to do native. Um, you would need some sort of delivery management platform, maybe possibly, um, depending on the scale of what you're doing. Um, and then, you know, looking at, you know, we got pretty granular in this. So uh, the assumption was this, if, if this worked on the microest of levels, uh, this would work in the grander scale. So we actually look at this hour by hour and day by day, looking at things like average order size, number of deliveries per hour. Um, you know, what is the margin on that food? 
um, then factoring in all those costs, you know, um, human capital costs, liability costs, um, you know, software costs, um, and then taking that delta to really understand if, if you were making money, right? And so um, the tool was meant to be sort of, um, we wanted people to really get their hands dirty, dig in there, um, you know, grab a copy for themselves and in their own boardrooms, kind of use it, put in your numbers and discuss um, if this is something that really works for you. Does that pretty much sum it up, Skip, you think, or it, any more details you, you like there? Well, so one, one thing I'll touch on real quick, but as you said, over the months that we've taken as a group to create this, we did get very granular at times and we had to pull back. And I love the fact that we were able to pull everything back into basically, as of right now, as it sits, uh, 10 different input fields. And all of these input fields actually for for an operator should be either top of mind or readily available to them. So what I like about it is we're giving them direction in regards to what to put in there and they don't have to sit around and think about, well, what about this? What about that? But one of the interesting pieces that I'm going to have you talk about is uh, we added a field for loyalty coefficient. How does that affect native delivery and these other platforms? Yeah. So, so Nate, so the loyalty coefficient is interesting. So there is a, so keep an eye out all you listeners out there. Um, what we're trying to figure out and trying to put some heads together on is, is really getting into that idea of what is the value of a customer down the line and as, as I have an ability to influence how often they purchase and how much they purchase, what is that? It's essentially a multiplier, right? I think is, is the best, you know, for lack of a better term. And so the loyalty coefficient is sort of, you put in all these numbers um, that are um, you know, pro- proprietary to you, right? Um, and then the loyalty coefficient is, you know, I think uh, there may be another calculator somewhere um, to kind of figure out what that number is that you would take. Um, and we put in some baseline numbers and maybe uh, restaurants understand or, or starting to understand that data as, as more operators are moving to online ordering and more digitized systems. Um, but that multiplier is basically to say, um, if I can influence that, what is the multiplier of my revenue in the long run? Because this calculator is basically looking at, um, you know, fixed numbers for lack of a better term. It's not taking into variability, the, the benefit that you get down the line after the initial investment. And so that loyalty coefficient is a means of hopefully trying to capture that. I think, albeit maybe a simple, um, maybe not, I don't say too simple, but a simple way um, where this may be a more complicated assessment. Um, we were really looking to find a way to at least touch on that at this point. Um, and um, the hope is that all, not only in total orders, um, but in delivery orders, by owning this, by being able to market these customers, you would be able to increase the number of deliveries over time, right? Com- kind of like compound interest in your in your bank account or your stocks, right? Um, and so the, the same theory should apply here. Yeah, and I think the owning of the data and how that applies to the loyalty coefficient, the owning of the data is, for me, I'm the data guy, it, it's everything. And Certainly the marketing departments, all the CMOs out there are listening to this as well going, yeah, you know what? We never even thought about that before. 
And on the calculator, obviously, when it comes down to third-party delivery, you're not seeing any type of result there because you're not getting that data, correct? Right. So I think, and I think you'll, this is my uh, personal, right? And again, you know, not picking size by any means. Um, and I've heard a few um, executives at, at hospitality organizations mention this, but you have to think of the customer, right? At the end of the day. And when you put that sign up and when you put that sticker up and by word of mouth and by interaction, you say you can order from us now here and insert some aggregator third party, you've inherently given that customer away, right? That's really no longer your customer. And the really unfortunate part about that is I think, uh, you know, maybe larger organizations who are savvy um, are starting to figure this out. But, you know, I said this specifically, um, you know, for the, for the smaller operators, the mid-sized operators, you really got to think about this, right? Because that customer that you spent years trying to build trusts what you say, and you're directing them a certain way. And unfortunately, the place that you're directing, to, directing them to is built to sort of trap them in that environment. And next time they go to order from you, they're lost at a sea of choices, right? And so is that customer going to order from you again, specifically when they open that application? And the answer is, I don't know, right? And I don't know isn't really good enough. And so I think we really need to combat that. Um, and I think the, I don't want to say the only way to do that is by bringing them, you know, back to you, back to your own websites, own applications, building loyalty programs to combat, right? Um, I think the, the food hospitality space is, is ripe for loyalty, right? Um, you know, the, the places that I like, I order over and over again and I actively use their memberships, um, right. And I get, you know, my free fry here or my free drink there, but, um, you know, when folks like what they like, they're, they're going to order from that. Right. Um, and so I think that that's really important. So we're almost out of time. However, we have to talk about get Swift and how get Swift can solve the native delivery problem. And I want to tell our listeners a little bit about my experience and how I got introduced to you and your company. So right when COVID hit, Obviously, all the restaurants out there were struggling. We were, I was proposed the very interesting challenge by our CEO. He is very well connected with the state of Florida and uh, just individuals around. And, and we've always been a very giving company and have been very community involved. So one of the things that we are tasked to do was to create a meal delivery program for all the elderly population that was not able to get out to their local recreation center or wherever they got their meals every day. They were confined to their houses because obviously that population was, was very susceptible and still is very susceptible to COVID. So we had to come up with a way, I was tasked to come up with a way of how do we get these meals to these people? This was not our business. This and we, we weren't in the delivery business, but in two weeks I had to basically create an Uber of four rivers. So uh, I researched out there. I got a lot of good recommendations and Ryan's company came my way because I, they were more flexible in regards to what they're able to provide us. They had an open API. Um, their support was 
phenomenal over there. I got to say that from onboarding to helping us through the problem. Literally in two weeks, Ryan, your company got us up and running. And what made it um, probably unique to our situation is we'd have a slew of drivers show up at a bunch of different restaurants in the mornings. We had multiple restaurants that were preparing these meals and each driver would pick up 10 to 12 meals and then go out on a route and deliver those meals over a, you know, maybe a three hour period. So there were tons of logistics and I couldn't really find a platform that was able to handle all of that, but yours was able to. And I kudos to you and your team because your company went out of their way too uh, to really become a true partner in this because you realized the importance of what we were doing and, and what we were trying to accomplish. So thank you to you you and your leaders over there at, at GitSwift for doing that. But you know, just to touch on things a little bit, let's talk about GitSwift real quick. Give me your elevator pitch for everybody if they want to do native delivery, how is your product going to solve for them? The, the simple way I would say this is that what we are talking about here is restaurant operators getting into the idea of last mile logistics and bringing that in house. And Skip, to your point, I think, you know, as the CIO of a, of a rather large company, you go, you know, we're big, but this is still, this is not something that we do, right? We make great food. We deliver great experiences. Uh, Yeah, maybe I know something about logistics, but this is just not what I do, right? And so I would say elevator pitches, if you come to GetSwift, we are going to help you do that. We're going to help you fill in the gaps of what do you need to know to make this work? There's obviously the technology component that's there that as you mentioned, very flexible, very robust, and ultimately very easy to use. Um, and from a human perspective, you know, to your point, Skip, as you know, we're just an organization that really does care. I mean, our, our CEO, Bain Hunter, really, really passionate about um, helping small businesses, helping businesses in general. Um, and, you know, he's empowered myself to really go out and, and do that. And so we, we take that approach with every client, big or small. I mean, we're really here to help. Um, no such thing as too many questions. Um, and we're really just here to be a resource. And, you know, I think aside, you know, don't want to get into the technology too much. But I think, I think those are some of the things that we really, um, you know, pride ourselves on. In addition, you're, you're integrated into uh, different POS systems. You're suited for multiple different types of verticals, which is amazing. At the end of the day, uh, I think the support piece, having that strong partner that cares about what you're trying to accomplish and achieve means everything. And I have to say, if it wasn't for your API, I don't know how I would have been able to pull it off because we were able to build all these new backend systems for you know, driver scheduling and all these crazy things that we hadn't done before and quickly implement that and and pass the data back and forth between your software to make it really a, a seamless and pretty impressive little operation. I I think the state actually took a look at it and went, okay, this, how are they doing this so quickly? Other organizations I know in particular were actually saying those comments to us. So um, once again, having that strong partner meant everything to the success of that program. Ryan, how can people contact you and learn more about GetSwift? Feel free to just visit our website. So that's getswift.co, uh, G-E-T-S-W-I-F-T.co. Um, or, you know, feel free to reach out to my email. That's rprashad at getswift.co, R-P-E-R, 
S-H-A-D at getswift.co. Um, you know, happy to help have a conversation. Um, a friend of Skip's is a friend of mine. Ryan, you are a true friend and, and thank you. It's been, it's been great working with you over these past few months on this project um, that we're doing with the RTN. And I encourage everybody out there to join our native delivery work group. It's, it's pretty exciting. And if you're an RTN member, obviously you're going to get access to this calculator as soon as it's released, which is pretty darn soon, I think. Ryan, thanks for joining me today. Have an awesome day and keep delivering good stuff out there. All right, Skip, thanks so much. Always a pleasure, my friend. Well, that was fun. I always enjoy conversing with Ryan. He was just the first guest to talk on this subject. This is going to be a powerful and potent little series. And of course, I can't wait to share that TCO calculator with all of you when it's ready, which is not that far off. And remember, you can always reach me at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. You know where to find me. You can also go to the website, skipkimple.com, where I have the show notes and all the previous episodes posted there. You can always call me on the comment hotline at 954-302-0851. As I stated earlier, this is just the first part of this series. And next Tuesday, I will have Bring on the show to talk about their enterprise logistics solution. As you know, the market demands more from your delivery and curbside pickup. Bring allows you to meet these demands quickly and cost-effectively through unified technology. They are able to do this by providing a full suite of front- and back-end applications to help leading enterprises maximize their capacity, efficiency, and speed. Powered by artificial intelligence, their platform orchestrates every element of every delivery and fulfillment ensuring orders are efficiently fulfilled at massive scale. This is a product trusted by such brands as Panera, KFC, and many more brands, and even by massive companies such as Walmart for the logistics platform. A show for sure you do not want to miss. Well, that's it for today. I always look forward to our weekly chats, and I am always excited to share with you new trending technology that will help how you do business. On the other side of COVID, it is going to be a whole new world with respect on how we operate. If you are not making changes right now and are planning for the future, stop everything you are doing because you need to concentrate on this. Hopefully, this show, The Tech Chef, will help you with a strategic path. Okay, the outro music is playing, so that's my hint that I'm going to have to leave you for now. But I do have to say, it's been real, it's been fun. And of course, it's been real fun having you all on the other side of this show. So until next week, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay hungry, my friends.